teeth better than most, I suppose, having encountered it in all its various guises. Even now, it's grief that overwhelms me when I think back to the Ginnels. When I think back to what we could have built and keeled anew by those soured dreams. Perhaps there were a different path we could have struck, a better strategy that would have countered the betrayals of the wolves. Carried that with me for a long time, burdened by the bitterness of what we got wrong. Should we have uh, fought harder to preserve Atrium? Did we spend long enough building our coalition? Did we let too many people in? Were our tools too violent? Or should we have struck harder, shedding our hesitance to draw blood? You'd think now that maybe the weight of all that would have eased. They say that time heals, but that's a refrain for someone with a broken heart. The blood and scars from that day never let me be free of them. That day, Embrace turned its head to face its tail and with sharp teeth, it tore the whole thing off. From crowns eight, three columns of nimshift soldiers marched on us, followed by ministers and the lanterns and the fucking swifts. And at the red, valor and vigor themselves, armor gleaming and spears in end, come to remove the last bit of grit from the shine of their ambition. The second siege of Winter's Lodge were upon us and we welcomed it. We welcomed it. Welcome to these Flimsy Rituals, an actual play podcast focused on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today is Ryan Evans. Hey, I'm Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at BrainXray. Beck Mihalik. Hi, I'm Beck. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore Mihalik. Steve Martin. Hello, I'm Steve, and you can find me on Twitter at Purple underscore Steve. Thryn Henderson. Hi, I'm Thryn, and you can find me on Twitter at Thryn. And Elizabeth Simones. Hi, I'm Ziz, and you can find me on Twitter at Games. And I'm your host, Adam Dixon. You can follow me on Twitter at @tdixon, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Flimsy Rituals. And as always, we have a, a number of different ways that you can support us, chat with us, spend time with us. Um, there is the website flimsyrituals.com, which has the maps for Embrace, which might come in very handy for this episode. You can also come and chat to us on our Discord. You can find a link to that on our website or through our Twitter you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Flimsy Rituals. Is it slash Flimsy Rituals or these Flimsy Rituals? I can never remember. It's these Flimsy Rituals. Okay, great. Today we are continuing our game of Blades in the Dark by John Harper. And as always, all of the music from this season comes from Satin by Kai Engel. So, Ivar Fetch Grimoire. The last time we saw you was beginning a race through the streets of Marrow, rushing back to Tail's End. Minutes ago, you learned that Altara Nimshif had managed to get the Pearl Lanterns. 
into her control, and she was taking the cut, or going through the cut, to get to Tail's End, to join what you've learned is the Nimshif attack on your home and the Winter's Lodge. I think where we join you, there is you, there's probably Rianne holding the device that you looted from the Pale Lanterns. There is Topaz just rushing through these streets. What does this look like? Are you just, like, running full pelt? Yeah, I think so. I think at this point as well, if it was possible, we would have shed the uh, priest's garb and we're off, like, literally yeah. running full pelt. I think if an opportunity for other transport becomes available, then we might take it, but nothing that's going to take up too much time to sort out. Yeah. Did we talk about the cable car last time? Do we get, like, a few, like, flashes of you both throwing off your garb? We get the flash of you, like, jumping into the cable car and, like, riding that extremely quickly down? I mean, in my head, it's like a classic Spaghetti Western, you know, where they hijack a train. Yeah, yeah. And just the, like, no brakes, just go. Well, it's that, and I think, you know, that we said that they were, like, counter-levered. Mm. I think it was literally just, like, shoot the cable on the, the weight <laughs> and then just, like, ride it down. Yeah. So they can't even use it afterwards because fuck their cable cars, man. Yeah, the cable car slams down to the bottom and you jump out and just start rushing through the streets. Pretty much. Let's get, gotta get back. I, I love the image of Rianne through all of this not being a particularly fast runner as well. Like old wound in her hip and that kind of slows her down. And, you know, Ivar is a ghost and Topaz is a bat dog and like, Rian's just trying to keep up the best she can, like, holding this device that you managed to get. I think as you pick your way through the streets, you get closer and closer to Tail's End. You've left the march behind you, you can still hear them up on the hill, but Hinterward and Tail's End is in front of you. And as you get closer, you realise Hinterward is surrounded. I think you can see the Nimshift banners in front of you, you can see the emblem of the Spear of Light, which is surrounded by a circular design of coral. And you can see that basically the Nimshif soldiers and mercenaries have fanned out surrounding the Hinterward and are kind of stood there in front of the barricades the revolutionaries have erected on like the outer edges. It's very much weaving between the small gaps in houses. They started out quite like ramshackle, but I imagine some of the tenors... Union have, have kind of reinforced that with some of the fleshwood. And I think most of Hinterward is barricaded and like closed off. That is like a small gap into like this bit of the castings they call the wire. But I imagine you might have some other defenses there. And I guess where we're getting to, unless you want to do something in particular, is probably an engagement role. Because between you and Tails and between you and the defenders is is this group of soldiers. And what, what is Ivar trying to do? We can read through the engagement types if that's useful. Yeah, so uh, we've got Assault, let's choose a point of attack. Occult, Arcane Power, Deception, Social, Stealth, or Transport. Hmm. Hmm. Kind of imagine like this is this interesting thing of you've been racing back to Tail's End, knowing that you're racing Altara to get here, and whether Altara's got here before you, like the engagement role, we'll probably say, but you definitely have this first obstacle, which is the Nimshif's already here. Their main army is already here, if, even if Altara is not. And I don't know whether the fighting has started yet, but there is that thin barrier between you and where you want to be. 
Hmm. Okay. Well, to me, it might be social in the sense that hmm, I'm trying to think how we could communicate with people to help get us in, maybe even through the through the wire. Have you already planned out something? Like, is this almost like that flashbacky thing of yeah. you have a si- signal or something? Yeah, like, they knew that we were doing this heist, but that we've always had a prearranged signal if the shit's gone wrong, we need to get back in. Yeah. Maybe some sort of, like, flare or something? I don't know. So I imagine the wire is a bit like the castings in Atrium. It's this place where all of these strange trees and plant life have kind of burst up from the remains of Rodella and also through the cut. It's a place where the cut and the city, the gap between them is like the thinnest. I imagine it's just this big abundance of wildlife and strange, not quite nature. So you've got like the trees with like the fleshwood bark. You've got some weird ferns made out of brittle bone. You have frogs that like glow gently in the twilight created by the branches. And I think one of the things that I will say is defending this place or like looking after this place. I imagine Roan is here. So Roan, the person you rescued from the cut. I imagine Roan and the rest of the gardeners have been taking over this place, kind of turning it to your purpose. So yeah, this this maybe sounds a little bit like a transport um, in terms of what like detail is interesting mm-hmm. here, because transport is carry cargo or people through danger. And the detail is the route and the means. And I think that kind of makes sense to some degree. Like, you you are the cargo. Yeah, we need to get me, Rian, and the device back to Tail's End so we can figure out what our next step is. Yeah. So we've got the route, which is going through the fleshwood and kind of just slipping through the barricades that way. And the wire is kind of against the coast of, of this bit of Hinterward as well. So I imagine it's like maybe walking down some beaches towards it to some degree, and you can skirt around some of the Nimshiv stuff. But what is the signal? How how do they know to like let you in? Where do you go? What do you do? I'm trying to think what could be something that only we could do. Mm. I don't want it to be something as boring as I just send in Topaz, but that, <laughs> that's also, that does work. Or you do like a whistle or something. Yeah, I think it's a combination of that. Like, do a big whistle, and then they see Topaz fly straight up in the air or something. Yeah. I think that feels very, very Ivar. Yeah. Almost like skirting along and then just walking in and just be like, in a certain way. Mimicking a bird. Maybe there are just some weird creatures here. So, like, the whistles are super strange. Mm. Like, we had that explosion in the cut in which it sounded not like an explosion, but a load of weird sounds. Maybe there's, like, a bird here that has a very weird, distinctive whistle that starts as a whistle and becomes something else. And you wouldn't know it unless you'd spent time in the wire or around it. All right. It's been a while. How do I engage? How do we engage? Uh, So you start with one dice as standard. You get one dice if it's particularly bold or daring or complex or contingent on many factors. You take minus one. I don't think it's either of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is you rushing back, right? And this isn't just about, like, can you get into Tails End through these woods? But it's like, what is the situation here? There are enemy patrols. There are soldiers. But I don't think it's complex or contingent either. Does it expose a vulnerability of the target or hit them where the weakest? Is the target strongest against its approach? Do they have any particular defences? I don't think it's either of those either. Um, can any of your friends or contacts provide aid or insight for this operation? Are there any enemies or rivals interfering with this operation? 
I think both of those are true, so they cancel each other out. And then, are there any other elements that you want to consider? Maybe a lower tier target will give you plus 1d, maybe a higher tier target will give you minus 1d. Maybe there's a situation in the district that makes the operation more or less tricky. I don't know if any of those are true either. This might just be one dice, unless you want to make a case for any of those things, but... I mean, if any of the things I would make a case for, it would just be that it would lose more dice and I can't have negative dice, so... You can have zero dice. And oh, roll wow. and take the lowest. But yeah. Wow. I don't think that's fair. So we'll we'll take one. Okay. <laughs> oh, stars, you mean to go on? Good stuff. Nailed it. That's a one. Good stuff. Wow, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Beautiful. What? I didn't roll that. It was it was the jubilant maybe that rolled it. I mean that tracks, but still. So I think you arrive in the wire. You manage to skirt around the rest of the Nimshif army. I think there's a degree to which those armies aren't attacking. They're kind of just maintaining the siege line while, you know, a load of revolutionaries stood on the barricades, like, cheer and cheer at them. And you kind of expect that maybe you've managed to arrive here before the fighting has broken out. But then you realise that the reason that they're waiting, why they're holding off their attack, is because Altara got here before you. And Altara has arrived in the wire. And maybe you walk into a, like into one of the little clearings that is a little bit higher than one of the beaches. You maybe pick your way up from the beach, up a hill, into the roots of the wood. And you, you whistle, you send topaz into the air. And there's no real response for a moment. And you wait a little longer and you whistle again. And you get the sense that something is wrong. You know, this is Ivar. I think you probably sense fairly quickly that something is happening here. And I think as you listen, you hear a noise. You can hear what we would recognise as being the sound of something like a projector, an old projector wearing just kind of something flickering repeatedly, lightly and softly. How is Ivar reacting as, as you realise that something is wrong? Is it just like hand going to a gun? I mean, yeah, he probably already had his gun out, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, is, is this you and Rian like stood together trying to work out, like almost back to back? Yeah, I think it's that. But then I think more of a, we don't have any option, but we have to go through here. There's no other way we're going to get around. Yeah. And you can just hear this like flickering whir get closer and closer. And I think in the direction you're looking, there is this large tree. One of like the large fleshwood trees. I think it's almost shaped like a lily pad, but its stem is like thick and round. And I think it's made out of this kind of fleshy bark. And then it kind of opens up at the top, bright and green. And you spot from just behind that, like the glimpse of I guess it's something like light, but not quite. It's light, but imagine if it was shooting a beam of like black and white film. And it's filled in the same way that like film grain is, with like like lots of little dots and bits of, of grain. But I think unlike the black and white stuff, they shimmer because they're actually dots of bismuth. And it hits the tree, and the tree just almost as if the air is leaving it just falls to the ground just kind of wilts very, very suddenly. And there is a group of the Pale Lanterns walking towards you. 
you can see there's maybe like five of them wearing long capes, robes laced with bismuth. They're dyed deep blue with representations of the dawn embroidered into them. All of them have their heads up drawn tight, and each of them is holding one of these lanterns, shaped something like old projectors or a gas lamp. And they fire out these black and white beams with these chromatic aberrations caused by the bismuth within. And they're just making this noise as they walk towards you. And I think as you stand ready, like trying to work out what's going on, one of those beams swings towards you and Rian. What do you do? Uh, well, seeing what it did to that tree, I think is uh, dodge out the way any way we can. Oh, no, wait. What if I shot out the lantern? Do you try that? Yeah. That's Ivar's first instinct. Okay. Um, I, I don't even think this is a role. I think this is just what happens. You aim for the beam of the lantern like where the light is. And I think from this angle, from where you are, the kind of lazy flick of of your gun crosses the lantern's path and just disappears instantly. All right, we're fucked. Seems anything spirit-based that hits that light just is is destroyed. All right. Uh, great. Perfect. You could probably still shoot it from a different angle. You could still shoot the person. I just wanted to give you that sort of... Yeah. That's what will happen in the beam of the light. All right. We are... We're d ducking out of the way first, finding cover so we can reformulate a plan. Between me and Rian. Yeah, like like the two of you just hiding behind a tree or two or something. Yeah, or even yeah, if there's like depending on how far we're in, if there's any barricades or anything's here, but just yeah. Yeah. Maybe like going back to the, like that dune of the beach. Rian looks at you and is like, Well, they got here before us then. Alright, you don't have to bring up your injury like that, you know. Could have gone a bit faster, mind. I kept saying you could you could leave me behind, but oh, no, you like had to be so noble. Like I could have bloody left you behind. Right, are we going to do this? What about that thing? Well, I guess you just aim for the person and not the lantern. All right. Uh... I think she, she goes to, like, put her hand on your shoulder and then probably does, actually. I don't know whether the touch goes through a little bit or not. I, I don't know how solid Ivar is right now. And looks at you and goes, you can just leave me behind, though. It's this that's important and, like, taps on on the device, which I imagine looks sort of lantern-like, but in a different way. It's firing out. You know, it's got beams firing in each direction mm. and almost, like, crystalline. And she taps and is like, this is what's important. You can draw their cover if you want, and you take it. We we need you. We, we need you at tail's end. I'll get there. There's only, and she, she pops her head up and takes a shot. There's only five of them. Four envoys. And she takes another shot. Just promise me you'll get there, all right? She she nods and, yeah, she, I think she does that thing where, like, she stands up and, like, makes some obvious, draws obvious attention to herself and, like, starts firing and, and starts shouting at them. Um, I feel like this might be a... I mean, it's a roll of some kind, is what I'll say, and it's up to you what you want to roll. Is this, like, Ivar rolling a prowl, or do you want to roll with Rian? I'm happy to roll with Rian. I think this is 
mainly her decision, if that makes sense. In that case, you can either roll with your command or you can roll with her tier, which I think is equal to your crew tier plus one. So that might, I think that gives you like three dice. And I think this is like desperate standard because you ended up in a desperate position. That's a six. Okay. So I think she manages to like give you the space to run away. And yeah, she, she's your sister. As you glimpse back carrying this machine, what, what do you see? I'm sure it's very, like a like a classic action movie shot. Just someone doing the sort of rolling retreat, firing their guns as they move backwards away from where we need to be. Is it a thing where like she leads them in a different direction and you run off towards Tail's End? Yeah, that's mm. what I think. Yeah, and you maybe see her like take one of them down, but then I think they all swing towards her, and and she has to take cover pretty quickly. I think the one thing you do notice, the one thing we do see with these lanterns is, although they're like devastating against spirit, they don't necessarily have that same effect of like the bits of the fleshwood that are more physical. Okay. They are very much tuned to one purpose. Where'd you go? Are you heading back towards Tail's End? Yeah, straight there if I can. Cool. Yeah, I think you run through, you run through the wire and... I think as you get deeper into the heart of this place, you realize that it's alive with fighting. You maybe see some more of like the pale lanterns, you see some more of the Nimshift soldiers, and I think more and more you start to see that they're fighting both what appears to be the wire itself, which seems to come alive in some places, as well as some revolutionaries, but particularly the members of Roan's garden that you rescued. I think it's very much that kind of people running between trees, trying to lead them into places, lead them into traps that are already set up. Is Ivar joining in this fighting or just trying to get through? Is it like Ivar taking occasional shots and things like that? Yeah, I think it, I think it's exa- it's pot shots. I think, you know, he's running a bit, takes a shot, maybe takes out one person and carries mm. on sort of just helping people that look like they're in difficulty. Yeah. I think at some point you reach Roan. I think you find Sam stood on the stump of a tree. And the tree is like almost like a vertebra, but like in a tree trunk shape and cut cut in half. And they seem to be like coppicing bits of new tree up from like the sides of it. So like the trunk is still flat and Say stood there, but like coppicing new bits up. And as they do it, like those bits kind of weave out to start to film like walls and barricades. And I, I don't even think to say lucky you. I think say are so focused on that thing, but seem to know that you're there, and they're like, Ivar, they came before we knew. Did you get it? I think Ivar just lifts it up and pats it on the side. I, 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 I came as quick as I could. Say, keep working at these branches. If you follow Renner, and I think Renner, who is one of the Dodgers, kind of appears from somewhere near Rhone. Renner will lead you out. We've got this place defended for now. We'll take them a while to get through here, but I don't think we can hold them off forever. It's all right. I'll be back as soon as I can. Roan does like a slight nod and is like, it's okay though. We'll, we'll make them pay. And we'll slow them down. And 
I think Roan does like a little whistle. And I think at that moment, there's a group of Nimshif soldiers bursting into the clearing. And Roan does a little whistle. And I think there's like a slight rumbling beneath the ground. And then I think one of the worms that we last saw in the cut uh, at the Siege of Winter's Lodge and that we saw before in Atrium, like bursts out of the ground. And Roan, like, looks and goes, we've got our own tricks. And and it just kind of keeps tending to to this wall that's their building. I think Ivar looks like he's about to say something quippy, like you could have used that before or something like that, but then thinks better. And just <laughs> runs, follows Renna. And yeah, yeah, I think you, you manage to get out of the wire and into... I imagine... This weird mix of very empty streets of Hinterward, but also like very busy streets of Hinterward. I think that's where we leave Ivar for now. Neogos, the last time we saw you, you were receiving the letter from Altara Nimshif in your quarters in the Winter's Lodge. Where do we find you now that the siege is taking place? Where is Nia in all of this? I think there's been lots of, like, going to probably Everon to figure out what Say can do, what wards yeah. we want to put up, um, how how do we fix this? Everon probably has a plan. The Winter's Lodge was protected before. What do we do? Mm. I think you find Everon in one of the towers of the Winter's Lodge. Maybe it's, at least while you're in it, it feels like the very tallest room of this tower. And there are windows on each side overlooking the city. And I think Everon and maybe like a few others are in this room sort of coordinating stuff. And I, I think as as you approach and you start to ask, like, are you asking those questions of everyone? Like, how do how do we defend the lodge and stuff like that? Yeah. Everyone looks at you, all of their eyes focused on you, and seems to like weigh up what kind of response you want here. And I, I guess my question for you is, do you want everyone to just tell you what to do? Like, is Nia looking to be useful and just wants directing somewhere? Or, or are they asking, like, a general question? I guess a strategic question about, like, where you're placing stuff. Because that, that those are going to get very different answers. Well, I'm not sure what Nia's asking yet. For me, I don't actually know what's important in the lodge. I don't know that, like, and I guess there's the tree. But is there something else that needs protecting? Um, what protections exist already? So I think it's... In some ways, I think Nia is probably asking the second question, but needs the answer to the first. <laughs> yeah, and like maybe part of the second question is like, has Nia been involved in the planning of all of this? Like, has has Nia been involved in the planning of the defenses of this place? I think so. I think Nia's probably been quite involved because there's all of the putting of the spirit wards to track how many spirits are with them at the, any point. And that kind of stuff. Um, I think Nia's been really involved, but that's been kind of against 
like subterfuge and spies, not against a whole on assault. Yeah. And Nia didn't really expect a whole like a full on assault to happen since Say believed Say could make that not happen somehow. <laughs> yeah, um and I think this room has been like the people preparing for that. I imagine some of those people will have been like Nilkat and Rian and Boktivdane and Sonaris is definitely the one that is here. Out of those people, a lot of the other people are in the streets or doing something else. So yeah, let's work out who's in the room. I think everyone is here, um, and Ido, who is another prominent member of the Lodge. Um, I think Zanaris is here talking to them both, and I imagine Elif is here as well, just very much delivering reports and planning stuff. And essentially, they're, they're stood around a big map, and this is like the new hub of like information and planning here. And I imagine if you go up to everyone and you're asking about, like, how do we protect the Lodge, the answer you get is like, it's not about the Lodge. The Lodge will always protect itself. We need to shepherd its resources outwards. And like points out the window, essentially, where you can see, I think you can see the outer barricades at the very edges of Hinterwards. And you can see a thin line of revolutionaries stood on those and people going back and forth, trying to shore up defences. And you can see outside of that, in urgent larger numbers of like people who are prepared to fight the soldiers of the Nimshifts holding their banners. And I think the reason why there are so few people on the streets is because everyone's away. The good bulk of the revolution are currently on Marrow Hill, marching on the parliament. There is a whole load of revolutionaries with Ezra and Nilcat completing the jailbreak. Oh, good. So, like, lots of people are away. How how could, uh... How could they have known? Oh, no. I mean, that's a question, I, I yeah. guess, is whether or not Nia told people. Is, is this a thing where you knew this was going to happen and people will have some degree of knowledge. So, hey, we'll send slightly less people or we'll be slightly more prepared, or did Nia keep it to themselves? And, like, the other side of that, I think, that is important to some degree is if Nia didn't tell people, will Elif have found it out anyway and told people? Because Elif is uh, very suspicious of you now. That makes sense. I'm wondering if the person that Nia told is Ido. Because Ido and Nia have been working closely on all of these very weird, you know, CCTV of brains. The two of them have been working really closely together. And I don't know if Nia has the guts to tell Ezra. They would have murdered some with their bare hands, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's also the question of how much you tell. Like, hey, I know there's an attack coming. I've read this in the letters that... Like, you know, I've been receiving lots of letters. It seems that that's going to happen. It's different from telling everyone, like, I've been talking to Altara. Like, True. there are different degrees of warning you can give. Okay. Um, but I think Nia definitely would do the, I'm getting the strong sense that uh, for some reason Altara knows what's going on and they will, they're planning to attack. Um, I've just heard this from, you know, sources. And I guess the question there becomes, like, we can, we can maybe see this as we look out, but, like, there are probably slightly more people here. It, it probably means that, like, Ezra and Nilka aren't caught entirely off guard when, when they get the news, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
there was this idea of like that's part of the reason they took Ash and the Bismuth bands to the jailbreak is like they can get people back through the cut very quickly if they need to. Yeah, worked out really well. Yeah, like <laughs> Ash is at, at, is somewhere else and the Bismuth bands got killed. <laughs> So it's like best intentions and all of that, but yeah. But that would have been the, yeah, that makes sense. That that would have been the plan. Um, I think Nia would have said that much. Nia probably would have told one person a bit more. I don't know who that Mm. person is, though. It's not Ezra. Ezra's terrifying. (laughs) Very reasonable. The good options there were like, that we've seen Nia talk to is like Ido or like Boktiv, maybe? Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah. It's a terrible option. Um, I think probably Ido. Because mm. there's, there's lots of communication back and forth and, like, talking about what's really going on in people's brains and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but it would have been in a kind of boastful way. What, what are you telling Ido specifically? Probably that, like, painting it that, um, yes, Save's been talking to Altara, but been giving misinformation and having Altara run in circles um, <laughs> and aren't say so clever. That's not true at all, but that's probably what <laughs> Nia said. Yeah, okay. So I think there's two sides to this that I I want to propose here. Like, the first is I can almost definitely see that getting through to Boktiv. Like, I like the idea that Ido is more aligned to that side of stuff anyway. Like, Ido feels like they sort of sit on that side of the divide yeah. between, like, the Ginnels and the Wolves. And I think that continues to be a draw of, like, Zanaris and Boktiv probably know a little bit more, and they probably put themselves in places that are kind of safer for them. And then the other part of that is, if you're talking to Ido, I think... And, you know, we can treat this as a devil's bargain for any role that's coming up. Like, this is what I'm going to offer is Elif, after your conversation, has been paying way more attention to Nia. And I think if you're talking to Ido about things, the devil's bargain I'll offer is anything you tell Ido, like, Elif knows. I think that's good. I think that's really good. So you've just kind of got one floating devil's bargain for when you need it. Good, I'll need it. Yeah. (laughs) And I imagine if Elif knows, Nilcat knows, and if Nilcat knows, Ezra knows to some degree. So yeah. Good. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Honey, you got a big storm coming. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I feel sorry for Nia. Mm-hmm. What the shit? <laughs> this is all Sarah's own fault, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So looking down over the city, you can see the barricades and you can see the soldiers lined. You can also see like the other parts of the city, so you can see the wire, which seems to be a hub of fighting. At the minute, you can see probably like flashes of this black and white flickering, even from this far out. And you can see that the fighting seems to be pushed like further and further into the wire. You can see also like further into Hinterward and Tail's End, you can see that the second line of defenses seems to be set up which is like the Lovin Street and the barricades there. There's like a lot of people running about to to build a second line of barricades or reinforce stuff there. And closer to the Winter's Lodge, kind of down beneath it, the ghosts are moving around in Tales End. Some of them are on like the outer walls, but there are also 
you maybe see like Trilvo striding about, directing people and and preparing Talesend to be that last bastion of of defending the lodge. And the other very important thing, we had this question when we were doing a jailbreak score of like, where are the Nimshif warships? Why aren't they stopping us from getting into or out of the jail? The the reason that they didn't turn up there is because the two Nimshif warships are kind of circling the Winter's Lodge. They're just in the water and in the river outside of like Hinter's Ward. And you can see the two ships bristling with weaponry and soldiers just circling this place. I imagine like one of them is probably approaching the wire and, and is preparing to unload people into that. That that's the good news. That's so good news. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. That sounds great. I think looking out into the city as well, just, just to establish some of the like where people are in the city. Ezra, we know, is is still off in Last Reach. Um, you can also see over to Marrow Ward. There's still just this press of people lining the street from the top of Marrow Ward all the way down through the streets into like probably the outskirts of Atrium itself, just this huge line of protesters with their banners. And yeah, that's that's sort of like the glimpse that, that Nia gets as, say, Lookout. And I think everyone is stood next to you and like looks at you with, with like almost a slight hint of distrust in in their eyes. I'm trying to decide if Nia currently feels for the first time ever a feeling of like, oh wait, maybe this is going wrong. Or if it's like, look how stretched thin they are, we can get rid of them now. The nim shifts are going down. And I don't know. I feel like it might be flitting back between the two because it's now very, very real. Yeah. And like the, the, the thing that is probably terrifying in like seeing the Nimshift forces is there's probably a degree to which they're, they're, they're like generally less of them than there are like people and revolutionaries, right? But like it's not enough less of them for that not to be a terrifying number. They, they are armed and trained soldiers versus just people who are taking up arms. Yeah. And that's scary. Unless you can get people back here, you are mismatched in this fight. At the minute, you're you're trying to hold out, and I think everyone like asks you and goes, "How do you want to be useful?" Because the most use any of us can be at the minute is being down on those barricades. Those are the people that matter. We can fool ourselves up here, pretend that we are shepherding things out, but but if those people aren't there, if those people fall, everything will be lost. And. If Hinter's Ward and Tail's End and the Revolution fail, it will not matter how well defended the Lodge is. How do you want to help? I don't know that Nia's ever thought about that the people matter. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Nia the Revolutionary has never thought about this. Well, because it's all been about like, oh, let's protect this place. Oh, let's protect... This other place, mm. oh, let's protect, let's let's kill this envoy. It's been very symbols-based. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, look, there's so many people on those barricades giving their lives. Shit. Yeah, and th does Nia respond to this in any way? Like, does Nia end up going down to the barricades? Do we have a distraction happen before Nia can even respond to it, if that makes sense? Like, does Nia just stall and someone is like, hey, can you help me with this? And say, just avoid answering that question. 
I think Nia probably leaves the room. Doesn't doesn't know how to answer, is slightly overwhelmed. And I think Nia's probably gonna take the trusted and go do a thing. Just just mm. find a thing to do. Um, isn't enjoying this feeling right now of like maybe Save got this wrong. Yeah. Looking out from the tower, it's not the picture say had in their mind what was the picture nia had in her mind was it like just this great trick yeah and it's not worked mm. and the people in the room aren't saying how amazing and clever and wonderful nia is and are saying things that nia doesn't quite understand right now and it's just too much i can't believe nia is literally turning into oaken <laughs> I just enjoy Nia like people just continuously being like Nia just do something and Nia being like I hear you but I'm also just going to go off and do nothing <laughs> thanks but no like I think Nia's literally going to go get changed into like something to wear to battle For fuck's sake and then go find a place to be okay because we have to ask this What what is Nia's battle outfit Think if armor and a clock were the same thing. Okay. Useless, but like incredibly intricate. I'm imagining kind of like not gold, like still in the black and whites of normal Neo wear, but incredibly swirly and intricate and interconnected. Hmm. And totally impractical. I think I think they're gonna go and get the trusted. So the trusted are like the group of people who Nia sort of recruited in that last session, who were being trained by Rian, but are kind of your own little group now, right? Yeah, and I think what Nia had initially planned was to put a huge ward around Winter's Lodge. Yeah, that would be a huge sacrifice, and like protect this place but now Nia's whole faith in kind of like oh that's the best thing to do is shaken I kind of want some to go to one of the warships <laughs> and do something ridiculous for no reason that probably doesn't help Yeah, but is seen by the tower and is visible and is like no I'm, I'm in control here and the barricades I don't think say we'll feel in control there and say I don't want to go there but a warship is tangible and totally Nia and maybe six people can bring that down that's fine do we just get like this shot of you at one of I imagine like the Winter's Lodge because it's kind of grown out of like the water has formed to have you know these these tiny little docks of various points around it or like these little bays and things like that do we just like close on this shot of Nia and the trusted getting into a little rowboat and like starting to head out? I was planning to have Nia float over it. Okay. The trusted in a rowboat and you in a I don't I don't know if how if the trusted are kind of like they're more like hand to hand, like actual combat fighters, right? Yeah, I imagine so, yeah. It is Ido a part of the trusted, is a question I have. If they're interested, I bet Nia I think Nia trusts Ido. Because Nia agrees, because Ido agrees with what Nia wants to do. I like the idea. I was going to ask you, like, 
who is like a recognizable leader of the trusted and i think it makes sense for that to be someone we know like i don't make sense in that in that place yeah so yeah and nia's been boasting to ido about how awesome they are so okay so yeah i, I imagine it's like the reason I imagine they're going in a robot is to get close to these galleons without being spotted. But are you just making yourself obvious? I'm making myself the most obvious, thank you very much. Okay. Like floating and landing at the top of the mast, kind of obvious. We will see if Nia manages to do that. Yes. Very soon. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But that's where we leave Nia, I think, for now. Heading out to one of these warships. Which warship do you go to? Is it the one that's like unloading troops into into the wire, or is it the other one that's just kind of, I imagine, surrounding and circling the winter sludge? I think it's the one with the troops. Um, I have an idea of what I want Nia to do, and it requires lots of people. Okay. So, Oaken Nimshalif, the last time we saw you, I think, was on stage? In the midst of this <laughs> revolutionary crowd, I think we saw your group storm the council chambers and we saw like, the revolution on the top of Marrow Ward. Having marched up there and delivered the three new councillors of Embrace, did we see Oaken find out about the attack on Tail's End? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he just kind of got swept up in the excitement and then mm. Ivar found out about it. Yeah. So maybe this is where we see you in the midst of this council chambers. A few of you stood like at the centre. There's Saravoma and Boktiv Dane and probably Bolivar Kater, the three heads of the revolution, the three elected heads of the revolution. And it's probably a very like celebratory atmosphere until I imagine one of the messengers comes in and, and delivers this news. Tail's End is under attack by the Nimshifts. Oh, I'm gonna ask, you know, Ezra, Ash, are they there? Are they okay? Oh, no, Neo or Ivar. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you've just seen Ivar, so like that makes sense. The two whose names I've learned. Yeah. The two whose names I remember. <laughs> He cares about two people now. That's two more than at the beginning. We're all very proud of him. Have we seen Midrib anywhere? Like, in any of the scores? Was Midrib in any of them? Not with us. Hmm. I, I, I think maybe it's Midrib who's talking to you then. The, just looking, like, fairly scruffy. And, yeah. Um, and, like, they they turn to you and go, as far as I know, they're, they're still at last reach. I there's not a lot of us there. And I think Bolif turned around to them and it's like, well, at least we knew this was coming. I guess our next task is getting back down there. We need, we need to reinforce Tail's End. They need our help. And Boktiv and Saravoma seem like fairly set on that. I think as the word filters through the revolutionaries who have marched here, like the desire is to get back down the marrow and, and get to Hinterward. And... Maybe it's Boktiv, actually, who turns around to you. It's definitely not Bolef. It's definitely not Saravoma. It's definitely Boktiv, the the leader of the wolves, who turns around to you, Oaken, and says, will you lead us? Oh, my gosh. Um... Yeah, Boktiv is 100% aware of what he's doing here, right? <laughs> I think Oaken's going to 
gonna puff up his chest and go, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, trying, trying to be bold, but <laughs> really nervous. Boxiv clasps you on one arm and, like, starts to lead you forward out of the council chambers and is just shouting, like, make way! Make way for Oaken, Nim, Shalif! Oh, okay, I'm gonna maybe, like, make my spear shine as, like, a little <laughs> beacon. Yeah. That'll make me feel better. Yeah, just, just putting faith in, in a shiny weapon. You start to be, like, led through this crowd towards the front. And I think as as you reach the outside of the council chambers, maybe there are some like steps leading up to it. It's probably just off to one side of the stage where you delivered your kind of satire of the priest's performance. You can see a little bit down through the crowd and and down like the long road that winds its way up Marrow. And you can see that a lot of the revolutionaries and a lot of the march has kind of turned to try and get back down the hill. And you can see at the bottom there, there seems to be a line of swifts who have appeared and are trying to like keep the march where they are. And it, it, it's there that like Boktiv seems to be directing you. And they're basically, I guess, like kettling the, the revolution and like stopping you from getting beyond them. Okay. And that, that you can probably see like those initial skirmishes as people try and push past and break through that line. Straight fight. That's much, much easier broken to deal with. Well, you say straight fight. I, I think as you take in the scene, you also hear something from back behind you in the council chambers. There's probably like some sudden shouts and cries and something seems to be happening within there. I think as you turn back and look into the main hall or like lobby as you walk in, it's probably that thing of like you're staring from like the brightness outside into like a darkened cold room. You can see that there are some new figures moving, not wearing like the, the indigos and the reds of the revolution, but wearing the black shirts with white collars of the syndics and like holding long blades and guns and sword canes. A whole group of them seems to be like bursting into the council chambers. No. Mm hmm. So, so yeah, those are the two places uh, that oh. you're kind of torn between. There's, there's like the Swifts fighting and the Revolution who's trying to get through them. And then there seems to be the other side of this trap is the Syndics are in the council chambers. Wow. Mm. A decision. The most fearsome enemy of all. And I'm going to uh, tick one step of this clock, which is a Syndic assassin strike. <laughs> oh, God. One of four. Um, you know what, Farrokhan, I think it's, I said I'd lead, stop looking back, just go. That does feel like a boy. Yeah, like, like, maybe it's even the degree of, like, as you're making that indecision as well, like, Boktiv just keeps forcing you onwards. Yeah. And it just makes that even, like, slightly easier. Like, Boktiv is just pulling you forward. And you can keep looking back and trying to make that choice, but before too long you're into the crowd and you're being led to the front of this. Does that make sense? Yeah. And like you could stop yourself if you wanted to, but... But he doesn't. Yeah. That clock goes to 4-4 four, four then. God. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think to open, actually, it was... Like, any decision is hard, but 
he definitely feels like Tails End is more important. Not not for any particularly good reason, but because he knows it. And because that's where his friends will be. Yeah. And I think there's like we've seen this like before with Oaken of like this detachment from people to to some degree, like other than like Oaken's friends, but like because people just go all the time. Oaken has seen so many Nim shifts as like individuals, but like the important thing is like Nim shift as a house that that persists, right? Beyond like Oaken falling asleep and waking up. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. It's like this, this revolution getting to Tails End as a whole is more important than some people dying at the back to him. Cold. Okay. Um. And yeah, Oaken heads down the hill, and I think slowly like led through this crowd which parts for you and like you know you shove your way through and you find yourself face to face with this like running battle this running line of these revolutionaries fighting against the swifts can i like do a cool thing rather than shove through the crowd yeah do it i'm gonna always do the cool thing (laughs) i'm gonna ask whoever's nearby for a leg up and I'm going to use Oaken's, you know, like, light step run to run over the crowd to the front. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds good. Um, I imagine Boktiv gives you a leg up. And do you have to spend anything for this ability, or is it just you can do it? Let me double jack. you got the jackal move, which is uh, you can push yourself to do one of the following. Move to any location on the field of battle that you can see. Just sort of what it sounds like. Yeah, you know what? Let's waste one of my best moves on doing this. I mean, we we can turn this into like a role as well to see how this goes. So yeah, I, I've spoken a bit about this like hill as having like a winding road. So like, if you're walking down normally, you'd probably have to like circle the hill a few times. But from where you are, you can just it's probably some degree of like going over the heads of a revolution and like the people that are packed in here, but you could probably just also run down the side of the hill, jumping between building and building, if that oh, makes sense. Hell yeah. And like that would allow you to just kind of land wherever you want within the swifts, whether that's in front of them or behind them or like in their midst. It's your choice. Right in the middle. Time to inspire the people once again. So yeah, let, let's like give this a roll and like make it feel like something. Mm. Um, what would you like to roll here? Skirmish. Seems reasonable enough. My only other thought is like it could be a command if your purpose is like looking inspiring, but skirmish also works really well for that as well. How about a prowl? Okay, because you're doing all of this acrobatic stuff. Yeah, acrobatics, and I kind of want to be in the middle of them before they realise I'm there. Yeah, I like that. What's the position? I think it's risky standard, but you've pushed yourself so you could, like, put that higher or gain an extra dice, depending on which one you fancy. Uh, I'll have an extra dice. Why not? Can we talk about how every time Oaken does something unbelievably superhumanly cool, none of the jubilant are here to see him do it? (laughs) It's okay. I'll... No, it was really good, I promise. <laughs> I'll tell Ash about it later. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I got six. So on a six, um, you do it. How does this look? We, we've got you like running down these buildings. Where do you land and what do you do? Oh, I think it's like he kind of lands behind the line of the Swifts in the middle of them and maybe like 
the sun spear, you know, like glows as he does. Mm. So it's this little ball of light just slamming down into the ground in the middle of them all. Do you do anything, because I know we focus on Sunspear a lot, but like uh, your ghost arm, is that doing anything? I forgot about my ghost arm. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just curious because like I can very clearly see how the spear would move in this situation. How does Oaken use that part to fight as well? I think it's a bit like that ghost arm is his arm and it's not that he fights differently with it, it's that he had to make do without it. Mm. He's just more natural he flows a bit more hmm yeah okay that makes sense like your balance is better yeah i almost imagine because the sun spare floats on its own like you can switch hands quite a lot when you're fighting yeah but yeah you land in like the center and i think where you land you like manage to drive the swifts back uh you get to tick this clock which i've created which is like a four step one which is like getting past the swifts uh-huh. you've ticked that three out of four so I think what this looks like is you manage to break that line and it's no longer like a line of the Swifts like holding the revolution back, but it's like broken into like a more running skirmish mm. as like the revolution behind you kind of bursts forward, like shouting and maybe some of them even like shouting your name. As well they should. Should we leave Oaken there for, for now? Yeah, that seems a good place. Doing some cool moves down a hill. <laughs> he will deal with the repercussions of letting those assassins wander around later. I'm sorry, Bolef and Saravoma. Ezra Graft, the last time we saw you, you had just managed to complete the jailbreak in Last Reach Jail, and I think you and Nilcat were stood receiving the news about the attack on Tails End from Scran. And, and like, Scran looks at you both and says, What do we do? And, you know, like, Nilcat starts to stretch his arms back and says, Well, we got to get to the boats, lad. And looks at you. Yeah, Ezra nods and looks around the room, like, already categorizing people we need to bring, stuff we need to bring. Mm. What are we doing? It's like, yeah, right, no, not not ideal, not how we had planned to go back, bit earlier than we'd thought and all, but it's it's fine, it's fine, right. Where is Asta? Yeah, and, and I think you managed to find, like, Asta and, you know, you managed to get, like, the people who are, like, maybe part of, like, maybes, you managed to get, like, Lena and people like that, and you managed to, like, load up onto probably, like, Asta's boat. Yeah. I think if we were told in advance that this was going to happen, there are people who have been told that they'll be going back to Tail's End as soon as we have to, and everyone else is staying here. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And, like, some of the people are probably going back in, like, different boats, but in, like, slower means. But, like, the core of you, I imagine, is in Asta's boat. Um, yeah. Do, do we have a name for that boat or what that boat is? We don't have a name for Asta's boat, and we should. Yeah, I imagine it's one that... Uh, he has stolen fairly recently because the one that he originally stolen that made him a part of the Seven got sunk but maybe it's like a a trade ship or something that he has stolen and like repurposed it's fairly big fairly quick yeah what's a good name for like what what would a revolutionary call about defiant somebody's (laughs) the thing that came into my mind was the beneficent but that's too close to the lifeboat beneficiaries I like that though because Asta like 
is a is a lace pot beneficiary, right? And I like that it's an acceptable maybe name in the mm. naming convention. Yeah. I'll still be like, no, I'm in a maybe too. The maybe's my boat. It's me in the boat, no questions. But yeah, I, I think you find like Asta like is just on already at the wheel when you get there, shouting at people, maybe like ordering Crick and some of the <laughs> the, the nappers to, to do stuff. Like, hey, get that crate there. No, chuck that crate over. We can get more people in if you not that one, that one's got weapons in. And yeah. Um, I think before long you're off the island and out into the river. Yeah, I think it's like a a very hectic rush from the minute Scran says we have to go mm. up until we're out in the water and then it's sort of just an uncomfortable everyone sat sharpening blades and whistling and totally fine. We're just normal people on a boat waiting for normal things to happen. Yeah, and like I guess the nice thing here is compared to everyone else, I think you might actually get a piece of downtime here. I don't think it's very long, but if you want to do something, <laughs> if you want to take a downtime action. Oh my god, I do. I really do. Sorry, everyone else. <laughs> um, I would love... I've got one stressless. I would love to de-stress. I would like to indulge my vice, please, on this boat. Um, what, what is your vice again, as a reminder? Uh, street protest music. We going in singing, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so it's, it's changed to sea shanties now. Fucking Weller Manning it up the <laughs> river. Uh, uh, well, no, I think we're, we're going to get some of the good old revolutionary songs going. Yeah, it's like rowdy shouting, right? The, yeah, we're, we're sailing in hollering bread and roses. <laughs> Love it. Can, I, can I add a detail as well? Absolutely. I think Kruno has made it onto the ship and is playing the guitar. Oh, I was gonna be like, oh, I'll be, I'll play my my violin, but I don't know, I don't know if I want to do it with Kruna. <laughs> I think, I think Kruna, like, if you don't, Kruna will be like, just like nods purposefully at it. Oh, fine, <laughs> fine. I can't believe you're just being all all uh, chummy chummy with somebody who tried to kill me a few hours ago. God damn it. Well, I don't know that, do I? <laughs> so. I mean, they did murder a, a, a Nimclad, so you know. Can I have a bonus dice because the whole boat's joining in on this? Yeah, I think that makes sense. The revolutionary spirit. Just Nilcat hollering his tuneless... Aw, yeah, he's trying. I love the idea of Nilcat singing revolutionary songs absolutely awfully, but Ezra just being like, oh, love that <laughs> Six. Yeah, uh, so you get to reduce six stress. We, we get this image of like everyone on the boat just... Whether or not they enjoy singing or not normally, just they're very into this. Like, it's a way of just getting over the nervousness and the anxiousness that would otherwise have set in. Yeah, I think it's like it's to break the tension. And I think maybe the reason it works so well for Ezra is like, this is the start they had with the Ginnels. It was all rowdy songs and, and scraps in factory floors. And it, there's like a bit of that feeling to this boat as it's heading back to Tail's End. Yeah, I imagine a lot of the people on this are probably the people who were a part of that. Yeah, and a lot of them Ezra probably hasn't done jobs with for a long time because they've they've been doing unbelievably stupid things with the Jubilant. Mm. It's like, oh yeah, just just like, this is simpler <laughs> in many ways yeah. than what you've been doing recently. The good old days. So yeah, I think you do this for a while and then the Beneficent works its way back upstream up the river trail towards where Hintoward is, and you pass down the side of Calvary and then the docks and Atrium, 
And I think you reach the point where the bridge crosses the River Trill onto the other bank. And you can see ahead of you is the bridge that was broken from the earthquake. Parts of it are still in the river. You can see like a mess of concrete below some of the bridge pillars. And then like the bridge itself is only partially rebuilt. And it's mostly you can just see like the wooden scaffolding as they started to fix it. But there's like a big gap between it. And I think as you approach, you can see that there are Nimshif soldiers stood both lining the top of the bridge and there are some like smaller boats like in the gap between the bridge itself. I was gonna ask whether we could have uh, brought the ballista. Um, well, there were some in last reach. Could we have brought one with us? Yeah. Like, you're going to have to roll to see how well it goes, but, like, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Do I have to spend flashback points for this? No, I, I don't think so. Like, I, I think okay. it's something that you could have easily done during that time. I don't think we were we were planning on doing it because we were going to be coming through the cut, but as soon as we have to come by boat, I think there was just a moment of Ezra looking at them contemplatively and then being like, all right, I need 10 people who will do as they're told very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Is Lena with you? Is Lena on this boat? Yes. I think, like, as you kind of, like, round the corner, you're probably travelling alongside the docks. You can see this from afar. Like, Lena walks up to where you and you and Nilka are and looks at you both and is like, can you, can you settle in? If I can get onto land, some of the atrium lot, we won't have to face this just from boat. Ezra looks concerned for a second, casts their gaze about the boat, and settles on Crick. Mm. And is like, I don't know about bringing the old boat in, Lena, but if you're after getting off it, I think there might be a way. How are you with ice? Lena shrugs and is like, I spent the last few months in a cell. Flying about sounds like fun, honestly. Right, well, remember you said that. I think um, Lena gets... Does Lena get strapped to one of these gliders to, to go and get some atrium people? Yeah, we, we're, we're going to strap Lena to Crick. And uh, they are going to, I guess, from like the top of a mast or something, mm. we're going to glide her off this boat. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and like I think Lena heads towards atrium ward to kind of rally some of the people there. Do you just continue, like, approaching this gap in the bridge? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Is it Ezra, like, desperately trying to affix a ballista to the, this trade ship? Make sure it's nailed down properly? Yeah, I think they've been working on it as we've been sailing over here. Mm. It is not adequately affixed. <laughs> it is not meant to be used like this, but we are going to have a go. Yeah. Okay. Um... This sounds like it's maybe some kind of roll. Yeah, this might this might be a roll, huh? Um, I don't think I have any good moves for this, so it's just going to be a a straight up wreck, I think. Is this the beneficent getting slowly closer? You can probably see like the nimshifts are armed with like a mix of guns and crossbows, and the little boats you can see seem to like get ready to close the gap, and you can see some of them are holding like hooks and stuff. You say slowly, I think 
as as fast as this boat can go, that's what we're ramping up for. They're probably not expecting you to fire a ballista or to be coming this fast toward them. Do you know what they're also not expecting? What's that? That that ballista will have explosives in it. <laughs> oh, God. The, look, we took a lot of explosives to Last Reach, mm. and I would like yep. these other boats to be on fire. That makes sense. I would love that. So what's your target? Is it the boats? Yeah, I think it's literally just kind of firing directly in front of us mm. to clear the way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think we get like Nilkart like stud with the winch, just like with four hands. He's obviously taken his shirt off at this point because it's Nilkart, like obviously. just with these four arms, just winding this winch back, and it's like, I'll load it. You you point it where it needs to be. All right. And yeah, I think this is your rec roll. Right. This feels risky. Yeah, risky, risky standard. Risky great, actually, if you're using explosives. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we, uh, there's the, we, technically we've got a crew move that we never use, um, which is when you acquire craft incendiaries or explosives, you get plus one result level to your roll. So, mm. yeah. yeah, so I think that, that seems fair. Risky great. Let's do it. I'm not going to take any bargains or anything because I've got two points in wreck. Am I? What would be a devil's bargain? I think the obvious one is the ballista breaks. Like, you can fire this once, and then it just kind of, the whole thing just springs and, like, rips off a bit of the deck and is, like, a bit too broken to use again. I'm taking it. This is one perfect shot. Cool. Right, right, here we go. We get one of these, so say your prayers. That's two sixes, my friend. Oh! Oh, there it is. Is that a critical? That's a critical. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. <laughs> How much? It finally happened. I've been saving every role in this series for this exact moment. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud. Thank you. How many explosives did you pack into this? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> what, what happened? I think... Maybe it's like they were they were tied together, but not necessarily very well. So the force of the shot breaks them apart and they scatter. Yeah. Does it take out a bit of the bridge as well, almost? Yes. Like all of the, the, yeah. the wooden scaffolding that's been built just sort of starts to collapse into the water. and There is so much more fire than we expected. Ash would be proud. I can't believe I'm not there. Like, I think Ezra genuinely kind of hollers in delight and surprise. This is... Yeah. My goodness. I, I love the image of, like, Ezra hollering and, like, as you pull past the bridge, like, the Nimshus just do not know what's hit them. There's probably, like, <laughs> Lena and, like, the Atrium lot just gathering up or, like, rounding up the last ones that are there. And just Nilcat at the front of this boat has picked up, like, one of the revolutionary banners and is just, like, waving it. Oh, Incredible. What a lad. What a yeah. lad. <laughs> no shirt, flag on fire, standing yeah. at the prow of a ship. Yeah. Like, probably, like, pulls you into a hug as, like, you hair past or something. This is the greatest day of Ezra's <laughs> life. What did you put in there? <laughs> Fucking everything, Nils. <laughs> I'm not doing that again. Yeah. And and you break past the bridge. You, you like, imagine... The ship is just kind of bouncing as it hits the royal of this water. And you see ahead of you Hinterward and like Tail's End, and you can see Winter's Lodge, and you can see 
the two Nimshif warships. One of them is probably like near the lodge, the other one is near the wire, and like Nilka's like, I hope you brought more of them. Does it look like I've got more of them, Nilka? Where would I be keeping them? Well, uh, <laughs> no matter then. We'll figure some out, Sunlight, don't worry about it. How hard can it be? <laughs> he, just, he just nods at you, yeah. And like, Asta from like a little bit behind you laughs, signals to like the lower hold. And I think like one of the other people on the ship like opens it up and there is just a load of explosives buried like in this ship. Right, well, that's where we'd be keeping them then. All right. Asta like looks at you and looks at the rest of you and it's like, I'll pull close. The rest of you might want to be getting off soon. Right you are then, Asta. <laughs> and like starts to pull towards the shore. How quickly does this person go through boats? Like, <laughs> Real they, just, fast. they just get just get boats every week. Yeah, yeah. Never bought a boat, I guess, is the thing. Like, if you, if you can steal them. Steal them, rename them, fill them with explosives. Perfect. Yeah. Ride it like you stole it, Asta. <laughs> the last time Asta got a boat, it got stolen back off him. So, like, this time, filling it with explosives. So, yeah, I, th- I think we, we leave the boat just, like... Which one does it go for? Does it go for the one that's circling or does it go to the same one that Neo was going to? I guess if it's going close to shore, it's probably the same one Neo was going to. Yep. Which is very funny. Yep. Uh, good, but we'll get to good. that in a minute. Yeah. Ashpinder, the last time we saw you, you were being pulled back and forth through the cut until you found yourself here in the Jackal's compound. Ahead of you, you can see your aunt... Galena. She has knelt with one knee on the floor, and she is before this huge person who seems to almost flicker before your eyes between this sort of placid, tightly dressed man into this huge form that looks something like a humanoid jackal, wearing this great armor and You've never seen anything that exudes a more intimidating aura. And I think the moment you arrived, this jackal, Khan Nimdaker, turned to look at you. And you found yourself as you look around in what appears to be a great greenhouse. It is a room made out of metal and glass, and all through it is this great range of plants and trees. And there's no commonality between them. Like, each one of them seems entirely unique to this room. There is one of everything. Some of them are large and wild, and some of them are smaller and tame. Some of them are flowering, some of them seem to be in their autumns. And I think as you look around, Khan Nimdekas takes a step towards you, puts one hand on Galena's head and says, Is he the one? And Galena does a slow nod. Ash Pinder. Yeah, that's me. You know who I am. Um. You know where you are? Um. Maybe. I think so. Um. Yeah. I have watched for weeks as you've tried to find a way into this place. You and that shard that you carry trying to map a way into my sanctuary. 
why? Um, I, I hope this isn't rude, but I'm, I'm quite badly hurt. Can I, can I get like a bandage or something? And then, and then we can talk. Is that, is that, is that okay? Like Ash is just literally bleeding from his cut stomach, out his hands, curled up in a, in a sort of almost fetal position on the floor. It is not the wounds you need to worry about. I'm pretty, pretty freaking worried, actually. Cardinim Dacre, like, walks past you, begins to walk through the trees, and I think as he does it, he's like, follow. And, like, Galena, like, begins to follow him instantly. Do you follow? I think um, Ash kind of winces backwards as Galena walks past him. Mm. And then sort of looks around, realises there's no one else here, and just kind of crawls carefully to his feet and just sort of he's very confused by this he's just like really really wants somebody to help him right now um um and then just kind of starts limping along behind i think karnim dacre leads you past these different trees through these like paths that have been carved into the yield and i imagine you realize pretty quickly that the paths are kind of formed in a labyrinthine shape and leads you sort of further and further out towards the walls of of the yield and to like one of the glass windows. And I think as you get there, he stands by what looks to be like a small desk that looks out across the city and stares out and like indicates for you to come and stand alongside him. I mean, this is this is lovely, but like really in a lot of pain right now. Look. Ash looks. <laughs> What you can see as you look out through the window of the Jackal compound is you can see out into Hinterward, and you can see for yourself the Siege of Tales End. You can see the black and white illumination in the wire, you can see the fires and the fighting that seems to be starting to form on the barricades. You can see the two warships of the Nim shifts, and you can see another ship rushing towards one of them. Maybe as you watch, you see the explosion from like one of the bridges. There is chaos all over this half of Embrace. What? What's going on? What's what's happening? What what day is it? How long how long was I in there? Are all my friends okay? It is still the same day. The Nim shifts decided it is time to attack and the revolution will fall before them oh stars stars um i've i've i've, I've got to i've got to get out i've got to get out there um uh can i please just borrow a bandage i'll i'll, I'll bring it back I'll, I'll get it cleaned and bring it back i've i've really got to go i'm sorry whatever this is but does um, ash turn to leave yeah i think galena grabs you even doing here do you want to tell him khan doesn't even look at galena and i think as galena is holding you you can almost sense the tremor that passes through her and galena doesn't say anything you know what she's been doing right you shouldn't you shouldn't trust her i know and i do not trust her her loyalty and the loyalty of the provenders should be to me, isn't that correct, Galena? And Galena, like, bows her head a little bit. 
I know all of what she has been doing. And now I have brought her here to make amends. The squabbling of your people and the Nim shifts has gone on for too long. And it threatens everything that I have built here. Watch. I can't. I have to do something. How can you just stand here? Who even are you? Watch. Watch what? For how long? How long is this going on? Until I say otherwise. Yeah, I I don't know who you are. I don't I don't need to take orders from you. And he turns around and tries to short like barge past Galena, wincing as he turns. I think this is interesting in like Khan probably catches you, but I don't want to like I don't want to take away the possibility of you doing something interesting and getting away from here if that's what you want, but like if it's like Ash is trying to get away and Khan just catches you, we can do that as well. I think that works better. Like I, yeah. I, I don't have any particular thing I want to do. Yeah. Ash just doesn't like standing still and he doesn't have any reason to do what this person's saying. Like he he hasn't figured out it's Khan. Yes. And and that was like my sense of the scene. I think as you start to like move away Khan's head like snaps round to you and says you will watch and I think as you look at him and as you kind of like match his eyes there's a degree to which you feel frozen to this spot as if the way he is talking is not necessarily he's not giving you an instruction he is telling you your fate okay he is a jackal. He is the one that killed Kadroya and Rodella. He is the one that consumed pieces of them. And, like, Kadroya is a remnant of, like, fate and destiny. And I think he is using that to keep you in this place. Whether or not you escape from this place, you will have to watch this. I think you're kind of just held into this, into this space. If that makes sense. Hmm. Wow. You will watch, and then you will make a choice. And I think as you look out over the city, you can see the fighting and the burning. You can see, honestly, what looks like the revolution slowly seeding ground. Whether or not they'll win this fight, you're not sure, but it seems at best evenly matched. At worst, like the revolution is slowly falling back. And for a while, you stand with Karnim Daker next to you, Galena stood behind you, watching as the Siege of Tales End progresses.